This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Here we go. It's hour three of the GBAC Nation on 105.3. The fan Josh Green with a couple monster threes here as part of a huge Mavs run as they've gone from down double digits to now leading by six with a couple of minutes to play against the Pelicans. Just a little Mavs update there for you. They're playing some afternoon basketball here on the holiday as a John Owning pro football focus joins us now here on 105.3 The Fan. And uh, good afternoon, John. How the heck are you? About as good as you can be after watching that terrible display of football yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that is uh, a fairly common experience for a lot of people in the audience right now and, and for those of us on the broadcast, uh, John. How big of an upset is that in the uh, in the analytical world or in the in the metrics world? Uh, you know, I, I know the reaction to it here, but uh, how much better were the Cowboys than, than the Packers going into that game? I mean, substantially better. I think that they really, when you looked at it on paper, they had potentially answers for everything that the Packers wanted to do. You know, they especially personnel wise, play wise. I mean, if you want to just go by like. The PFF grading-wise, the Cowboys had a 93 overall grading. The Bear, the Packers were down in the 85 overall. Even if you want to look on defense, the Cowboys had a, a even bigger, some more substantial um, grading berth between the two. The Cowboys were up in the 80s, whereas the Packers were all the way down in the 70s. So it was a pretty big, a pretty big surprise. You know, that's what the funny thing is, is you see a lot of the big talking heads today talking about how like, Oh, this is just what the Cowboys do. This is kind of what you expect for them kind of ignoring what they did to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year and how they look coming into this year. I mean, the Packers seem the exact kind of team that they would be able to do well against to be able to have success and that they would have more trouble later in the playoffs against teams. Like, you know, the 49ers is the big one that the guy that everybody talks to, but to me, and I think that everybody that kind of looked at it, without trying to make a new story of it is that it was a pretty big upset and especially with how flat the Cowboys look in every phase. Hey John, when are we going to have a, a metric for busts or mental <laughs> mistakes or I mean like a, Oh, it's a three out of six mental mistakes on those plays or something like that. It, it just seemed like, and I know you probably watched the Cowboy film already this morning. It, it just seemed like to me though, that yeah, Dan, you know, they, they tried to do some things to the Packers defensively, but just some of the mental mistakes they made were killer in this game. Oh, 100%, especially when they were in man coverage. I think the yeah. thing that jumps out of my head is, I believe it was in the red zone where Deron Bland had a, uh, I think they were playing a two-high man defense, and Deron Bland had inside leverage, and he still gets beat inside. That's sure. just stuff that cannot happen. You cannot yeah. let those types of mistakes happen. You have to play to your leverage, and if you're going to get beat when you're inside leverage and you get beat outside, okay, you'll live with that, but you can't live with them beating you at your leverage that's just is going to make the whole defensive structure and scheme crumble 
John, I, I know uh, we we talked earlier about Jane's report that she had uh, on X about you know the motion killing the defense, but then the concern from somebody within the locker room that Dak panics when this first read's not there. Uh, I know you saw that, and and I'm wondering your thoughts on on that assessment of Dak. Yeah, I just I don't know. It just seemed like something's off. That that's just not something that I believe when watching Dak this year. I think, in my opinion, he's been one of the best. Uh, it's been probably his best year going up, going past his first read, and that was backed up by the data. I mean, if you just want to go by PFF grades, and I think that even people that disagree with PFF grades, they would say that we do passing grades as good as anybody because it was built by uh, guys that are in the NFL. Guys like Zach Robinson were the main people to help build the PFF grading structure, and Dak graded as the second-highest graded QB in the entire NFL. Um, when moving past his first read, and funnily enough, Jordan Love was number five in the NFL. So it was two two quarterbacks going against each other that historically that season had been very good at getting past their first read. I mean, we see it all the time with Dak using his legs and buying time in the pocket, scrambling, making plays outside of the structure of the offense, getting past his first read. I think what we saw is that at the beginning of the year when the offense was really struggling was when he wasn't getting past his first read because they were using that quick passing game so much. Once they started letting Dak drop back and really go through his reads a little bit more without forcing him to get the ball out so quickly, he started playing better and better and better. And I think that just really came out of the left field for me because the motion thing, as you said, is something we've talked about in the past, how the Cowboys defense is cratered against motion offenses, especially ones from the Shanahan tree because of how good they are at uh, using purposeful motion to create leverage, to create, you know, abilities to outflank the defense, all these type of things. The Cowboys had the third worst success rate throughout the entire season, including the playoffs um, against teams that went again on plays that utilize motion. So it was just kind of interesting to see that. And then that kind of tied into Dak not being good past his first read because I just didn't agree with that at all. How important has that motion become for, for the best teams? Is that, is that something that's got to be a, a top priority for maybe them to get figured out on how to optimize on both sides of the ball this offseason? Yeah, I definitely think so. It's just a way to – I really like the way that my buddy Connor Livesay says it on, on X or Twitter or whatever, is that it get, creates easy buttons for your QB. You know, when you're using motion, you're creating conflict in the defense. You're making them have to make changes post-snap. You're making them have to communicate. All these things can create busts. All these things can create easy victories for the offense. And all these things, you know, when you tie it into everything you do, it's not that difficult on a play-by-play basis. When you hear teams talk about when it's – tough to incorporate more motion is when it's not baked into the fundamentals of their offense. And I think that's kind of where you saw the Cowboys this year. They kind of hit their ceiling with uh, on motion plays on offense because it wasn't really baked into the fundamentals of their offense as we saw through the first five or six weeks of the season. And I think that is something moving forward, especially if they fire McCarthy and are looking for a new person to head the offense. Motion has to be a, a big part of it, I think. Just all the, like I said before, all the things that it can give to you, all the things that it can make easy for the QB. Sure, it creates a more chaotic environment where the QB can't really look at a static look and really be 100% sure what he's seeing. But I think that is offset by all the easy completions, all of the open and separation it creates for the receivers. What's allowed the Cowboys to you know, have some great uh, explosive games and lead the league in scoring and then in those same seasons look pathetic so so many times? It, it, just, it just seems, I don't know, it's hard to, like, it's one of those things where it's hard to really put, 
you know, just on one or a couple things because it's something different every time, you know. Either it's Dak, he like like last night, like Dak was just off. He had a bad game. He wasn't seeing everything properly, and even when he saw it, he wasn't uh, he wasn't super accurate. Um, it's just one of those things. Like when our buddy Cowboy Stats on Twitter says, you know, when you get these these one offhand performances, it's just unfortunate that of the timing of them haven't been so good lately because it's really hard for me to put a put a finger on exactly one thing that's allowing them to be so successful against certain teams but against others not successful at all it's john honig pro football focus here with you on the fan john so as we look into the offseason now i mean would you make a change i feel like a lot of fans are calling for the head coach the quarterback i mean if you're the gm of this team where would you like to see changes be made i might I think you definitely would. I mean, all the regular season success is good, but if it's not putting you in a position to find more postseason success, especially given, you know, Jerry's age and all of that and where the team is from a roster standpoint, I think that a change is, is necessary. And I think the interesting thing is, like we talked about with McCarthy, obviously the penalties is something that goes on him. But one thing that I think is a major hole in his resume is just the lack of cohesiveness in the run game. I mean, Look at when we look at teams like say the Texans and Lions, just off the top of my head, two teams that won yesterday and are exceeding in the playoffs, and they did it on the back of really successful run games. Is one thing you see them do is how cohesive their run game is together. They know how to piece together and sequence the run game so that they make life as difficult on opposing defense as possible. One good example is using the uh, counter run game as a constraint to the outside zone stretch. And the reason why that works so well is because the backside two blocks, the guard and the tackle on outside zone and on uh, counters are very similar on outside zone. The backside guard and tackle are looking to they're stepping wide, looking to reach the uh, nose tackle and the defensive end to their side. And on uh, counter, it's very similar. They're, they're both stepping down, getting wide, but instead of trying to overtake and cut off, they are just pinning their players inside and, when you count, when you combine that with the counter action from a back, it looks very similar from a linebacker point of view to outside zone. So what you see on multiple occasions yesterday is the linebackers flying to the side so that they can stop this outside zone, but then the teams counter right back to the backside, and that creates big open running lanes. And a team like the Cowboys, who have been an outside zone heavy team in the past, they weren't that this year, and they were just kind of just. It seemed like they were just scattershotting their running their running concepts. There was no cohesiveness to it. They didn't have a, a plan to sequence them together to make it difficult on opposing linebackers. They were just kind of like, okay, we're going to run inside zone here. Okay, now we want to run pin and pull. Okay, now we want to run counter. Now we want to run power. You know, there was just a lack of cohesiveness there. I think really is a big blackmail on Mike McCarthy's uh, resume as not only the head coach but the play caller. And especially, and then when you move over to the defense, I just think I love Dan Quinn and what he does to get this defense ready. You know, they play hard from a turnover point of view. Another thing that doesn't get talked about a lot is the Cowboys were by far the best tackling team in the NFL this year. I think they had, they were double digit missed tackles fewer than the team that was in second place. So they were a fantastic tackling team uh, compared to the NFL as a whole, but he just gets, completely dog walked by the Shanahan coaching tree because of he hasn't built general rules into how to deal with motion to the point where his defense defenders can play with it without thinking and without making mistakes. 
So is is the best plan these days to try and find the the young uh, offensive minded coach and and run with him? Yeah, I think in today's NFL, that's the it's definitely not the only path to success, but I think it is the best path to success because when you don't have your young offensive mind as the head coach, then he's most likely going to get poached by opposing teams looking for a new head coach. You know, that's what you're seeing with guys like Bobby Slowick this year. And you've seen with guys like LaFleur and McVeigh and all, et cetera, et cetera, in the past. So if you're able to secure that offensive, young offensive play caller as your head coach, it gives you stability on offense for at least as long as he's the head coach. And we know in today's NFL, stability with the quarterback and head coach or head coach and play caller is extremely important. John, does this happen to top five defenses? Is this a regular thing or, or is this a sign that, wow, you know, every, every fourth or fifth game, this defense just inexplicably is bad. Yeah. I just don't think the Cowboys are an elite defense. If you look at them on a play by play basis, they were actually a very mid tier defense. Um, They just were, allowed to stay afloat because they were so good at creating and generating turnovers and in the games where you can't create and generate turnovers they really suffered and they really struggled and i think that that all comes down to i think it's no it's a multi-pronged issue number one it's a personnel problem i think a lot of it comes down to dan quinn was dealt a really bad hand with his linebackers this year with lane vanderesh getting hurt overshone getting hurt having to rely on damone clark to be the to be the Mike and then Marquise Bell, who's very undersized. And what that creates is when they're trying to play the run, they have to try to get downhill very quickly. So then they're susceptible to play action. And then you look at the defensive line and they finally invest in a nose tackle that we've been begging for years. And then they make them lose 30 pounds yeah. to be a 295 three technique, which yeah. makes zero sense. Mm-hmm. And I would love if somebody could explain to me why in the world that would make sense because it just baffles my brain. And then I think things like the Trayvon Diggs injury, I've been saying it all year. I think that was huge for the Cowboys, the way they want to play defense about how they want to rush up front and play coverage behind it. And when you have to move the, everybody down the depth or everybody up the depth chart one, it makes things just a little bit more difficult from that point of view. So, and it, we, I think the last thing that we notice is that Dan Quinn's a little bit stubborn. You know, like we saw, like I mentioned before with the Shanahan coaching tree, the fact that he's been getting struggling so much against a particular type of offense and not making the changes necessary that can lead to more success. I think that really hurts his resume and really goes against the Cowboys being, you know, considered a top five defense. John, do you think, though, and, and you've mentioned it, though, but do you think the injuries really, he was trying to put a Band-Aid on an amputation? You know, with, uh, I mean, playing as much dime as they played. I mean, he really, and, and he's, and, and I'm, again, I'm not defending the guy. And I think you've made some really, really great points here. But I wonder if, if, you know, they, they go after, uh, you know, they go after Leonard to try and get a linebacker here. It doesn't work. And, you know, they, they didn't really, they, they really didn't address it all during the, uh, you know, during the season before it started. They, they chose to go light at linebacker is what mm-hmm. they did. But but they was he trying to put a again an, a band aid on a on an amputation here? I do think so. I mean it it was it, it it's tough to know how much 
you probably know better way more than me, but how much he has a say in person, how big of a reason was he for the Cowboys, you know, not going out to get uh, somebody like a Tier Tart or yeah, a, no, you're right. yeah. in the middle of the season yeah. when we saw that their nose tackles weren't playing well and Jonathan Hanglins is banged up. Right. You know, and then you see the linebackers, you know, we all wanted to kill Leonard, but there were other options available as sure. well earlier in the season that they didn't, they did not look at and it kind of bit them in the butt. And then you have, you know, you go after guys like Rashawn Evans that are way over the hill. Right. Um, so it's just, it's definitely, it's hard to parse how much to blame him in those situations. Cause I don't know how much say he has an in season personnel like that. Well, if he's totally, if it's totally because of him, then he, it's a, yes, it's a, he dealt himself a bad hand is what I'm going to. No, I, I think, I, I think you're absolutely right about something because, you know, I mean, he had a hand in Quentin Bohanna being here and, you know, and, and and bringing in the corner as well. From time, I mean, he has a hand. He, you know, that's the one thing Will McClay respects about him is he'll roll up his sleeves and go play personnel guy with them. Yeah. You hey, know? hey, John, uh, do the Cowboys maybe have their own Jordan Love on their roster already? In <laughs> I would like to see. I, I'm excited. That's, you know, when you come out of a loss, it's like so disheartening like last night. One thing I always like to do is trying to kind of look at the things that I'm excited about seeing next year. You know, the guy's like, I'm excited to see what John Stevens Jr. is going to look like next year if he can make it out of training camp fully healthy. He looked seemed to be really impressing in training camp and preseason before the injury. Um, I want to see what Trey Lance has. Maybe he's, you know, somebody funny posted a stat or a, a, maybe a stat. I don't know what you would call it, but he was showing the numbers of all the uh, – it was Mike Renner, former PFF employee, but showing all the numbers of the quarter first-round QBs that didn't start early and that have been allowed to kind of bake on the bench and really develop. And it's pretty promising. And the fact that Trey Lance, I know a lot of it has been because of injury, not because he was just being sat, but I'm intrigued. I mean, you don't become the third overall pick for no, because you're not talented. And I think putting him in this situation where he was kind of free from pressure, got to really develop. And we, I, one thing I really respect about Mike McCarthy is how much effort he puts into developing not only the top QBs, but the backup QBs as well. And you, you guys would see all the videos and stuff they would post pregame of him going through his routine, mm-hmm. the uh, quarterback development routine. So I'm really excited to see. I think he's someone who can definitely at least push uh, Cooper Rush for the backup job. And who knows in the future what he can become. He be- you know, at worst, kit maybe he can become a like a really good trade chip that the Cowboys can use to to strengthen some of these other positions that we see their weak at. Or even if the I'm not a, I'm not someone who would advocate this. I love Dak. I think he should be the QB for the foreseeable future. But if the Cowboys don't want to pay him that, maybe he's someone who can develop into a Jordan Love esque type of young QB for the Cowboys in the future. And if I'm a young guy and I can't play immediately, I might as well just bake on the bench. You know what I'm saying, John? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know that better than most. <laughs> so, Love you, buddy. Great report, man. We'll catch up with you soon. Yes, sir. You guys have a great day. Cheers. John Owning, pro football focus here with you on 105.3 The Fan. Quite a character yeah, and, and quite a football genius. Man, he knows his stuff. He does. He really does. He's really good. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) 
is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 